Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. I'm joined now by Doug Whaley. Doug, how's everything going? Crowley, he's going to be, well, his wife is going to be giving birth in about, well, five, six hours now. He's going to be a dad of two. At the end of the day, he's a little nervous. He's a little anxious and emotional. He's got all the all the things going on right now. How about that? Crowley's uh, gone for three weeks. Imagine that Crowley in his head, just going bananas. Oh. <laughs> oh, he, he's he's losing it. He, he was is. losing it. He was so scared to hit the off button yesterday. He was like, "Once I hit this off button, that means that reality's going to set in." <laughs> he did not want to leave to hit the off button because he knew that he was going to have to embark on this situation. Crowley, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, you did it once, you can do it right. again, man. Right. It's all good. Right. It right. even gets better the second time because you know what to stress about and what not to stress about, and you don't have to stress about too much. Right. Because right. you've gone through it. Before. Yeah. I mean, he's he's going to be fine. Yeah. He's going to be fine. I, I, I'm excited for them. I'm happy for him. Doug, you, you came in and you said that you wanted me to play a clip and you wanted to dissect a, a portion of the TJ Watt clip that I played earlier. Uh, T.J. Watt spoke to the media yesterday, but you have an interesting uh, thought process on what T.J. said in a portion of this clip. I'll play it for you right now. Yeah, yeah. I want to play for Mike T. It was huge in my contract talks. Is I don't want to play for anybody other than Mike T. Um, I, you guys understand and see in the way that I talk about how much I respect and appreciate him as a coach, as a man, as a leader, and um, that's my endorsement for him. You touched on it a little bit, but you mentioned just writing the ship. How frustrating is it that in your time here you guys haven't been able to do so? Uh, it's extremely frustrating. I think the first time you guys saw me this year was in Latrobe and said that I want to win a playoff game. Uh, this is what we do it for. Um, all the hard work in the offseason, all the extra reps, everything that you think about, dream about in the offseason is for moments like yesterday, for those games, and to be able to put in the work to get in those positions and not capitalize makes it more frustrating. Um, but it's, there's lessons to be learned in all of this. And uh, it doesn't take away from the good things that we've done. It just means that it wasn't enough. And uh, we need to go back to the drawing board and figure it out. You think you should win Defensive Player of the Year award? I don't know, man. I, I, I truly, it's, it's all about the team at this point. We, we need to find a way to win a playoff game. So, ladies and gentlemen, Stiller fans out there, Stiller fans out there, you want to know the state of the mindset of the guys in the locker room, and most importantly, if it's coming from your leader, the organization, the key part of that soundbite was, we want to win a playoff game. A playoff game. Not a championship. Not a ring. Not a title. A playoff game. That is where the mindset is of the people in that locker room and maybe in the building. I don't know. I'm not there, so I'm not going to paint a broad brush like Coach says. But if your defensive leader, the star of your team, one of the best players in the league, up for Defensive Player of the Year, is talking about wanting to win a playoff game, that's a far cry from not only the Steelers in the 70s, but the Steelers in the 2000s. Because those guys, James Ferrier wasn't talking about winning a playoff game. Casey Hampton wasn't worried about playing a, winning a playoff game. Ben Roethlisberger, Jerome Bettis, 
Those guys aren't worried about winning a playoff game. They're worried about getting titles, getting jewelry, getting rings, getting bling. We are the Steelers are right now a franchise looking to win a playoff game. So that right there lets you know what the state is and the mindset is in that building. Well, you don't want to, you know, really go outside the box and try to think what's going on, obviously, in the building, because obviously you, neither you or I are there, uh, but you were there mm-hmm. at, at a point. If that is the message being sent, or if T.J. Watt created it, you know, in his mind, like, I just want to win a playoff game, that's one thing. But if that is a message being trickled down from the top, what was the message whenever you were there? If it's if there was a message that go through, goes throughout that building, you didn't have to have a message. You walked up the steps and you saw those Lombardi trophies. You knew what the goal is every year, and the goal is every year to win. And I remember Kevin Colbert saying, "If there's only one team that earns their paycheck at the end of the year, everybody else is stealing." And that's what you just knew it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't talked about. It did, it was just part of breathing. It's the quest for a championship, not a quest for a playoff win, a quest for a championship, a quest to be in the conversation with the people that came that preceded you to set that foundation. Now, right now, that's that to me was, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but hey, I'm in the media now, and those are the things I look at and I try to notice, especially from your leader, especially from the marquee player on your team. In my opinion, I want that guy to say, everybody's talking about playoffs. Let's talk, Jim Moore. We're not talking playoffs. We're talking championships. I want to win a championship before I leave. I want to cement my legacy, not as one of the best defensive players, but as one of the best defensive players that helped lead his team to championships. And that's not what he's saying now. So to me, that is where this offseason needs to start. What is the foundation that this team is trying to lay, this organization is trying to lay, something that's going to get you competitive in the playoffs, or are you going to have the foundational pieces for a championship run? And right now what they're saying, it's a playoff run. Can they get there underneath Mike Tallman? Mike Tallman spoke to the team yesterday, and you know it, it reports came out that said that he's going to be back next year, and he wants to be back, and I think that we anticipate he was going to be back. And I, and I said earlier, I was like, shame on us for thinking that Mike Tallman would step away for a year. I mean, Mike Tallman will not let anybody get an upper hand on him. Mm-mm. Like Do you see how he talks uh, during his press conferences on Tuesday? To the media, you think that if there's a rumor out there that's created by the media that he's going to let them win, there's no chance. He would do that in spite, just in spite. Yeah. Now, I know millions are attached to it, and that's nice, uh, his contract and everything. Like He's not going to step away from money, but he's also not going to step away from, from you know, spiting a rumor. Right. That's yeah. just how he's wired. Do you think and how can they get to talking about championships underneath Mike Tomlin next year? I think they can get there under Mike Tomlin, absolutely. But I think Mike Tomlin also, like the whole organization, has to take a look in the mirror. I mean, it has to say, what we've done before, you can't just copy-paste. You can't just do the same thing expect a different outcome. Let's analyze every part of this organization and foundation that we're trying to build and see where we can evolve don't say change because coaches hate change. Rooney's hate the word change. It's evolution. And when, when I say evolution, 
the core of what you believe in is still there. You just modify it to fit the times that you're playing in. And one of the biggest things I think you'll see is if they're going to evolve or is what happens at that offensive coordinator position. How do they go about and what do they target as their next offensive coordinator? And I'm really interested in, in the interview process. Who are they going to bring in? So that, to me, is that first step. The second step is when you talk, when you hear these guys' uh, interviews after the game, Najee's saying one thing different than the senior leadership on the defensive staff. So that's telling me that he, right now, what is going on is the veterans that are professionals love Mike T because he teaches them like professionals. Mm-hmm. The young guys that haven't learned to be professionals or – Let's say this. The young guys that haven't yet become professionals are searching for someone to teach them how to be professionals. And it obviously is not happening in the locker room, so they're looking for the coaching staff to do that. So so when you start dissecting this, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of cracks in that foundation. No leadership, just looking for a playoff game. Is the leadership looking from – is coach looking from from the – defensive leaders that are the elder statesmen in the locker room or are the elder statesmen in the locker room saying, we know how to do it. Coach, you handle these young guys. So that's the the things I'm just dissecting off of this. Now, obviously, the the more that comes out in the offseason, we'll be able to dive deeper and try to maybe get to the answer of what their the, the foundation is or what the cracks are that they're going to try to fill. But right now, just the two days after the loss, I'm like, wait a minute, this – there's – it's not the same. Let, let, let's try to go through it next. Uh, fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Doug Whaley for the rest of the hour to close out the show here on the Fan Morning Show. Fan Text Line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, uh, personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Doug Whaley here with me to close out the show. Uh, Doug, we talked about earlier about patching up the holes possibly, and there's so many cracks in the foundation of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have Najee Harris saying one thing. You have the defensive uh, veteran saying another thing. And you know, Najee Harris, what he said, that kind of that that's one thing that I really paid attention to. Him saying that he came from structure, and the in-house rules need to change. And you know, I, I from your time with the Steelers, does he, what could he possibly be alluding to? He said he's not throwing any coaches or anything under the bus. But when I hear in-house rules and I hear structure and I hear culture, to me that points to one person. It definitely does. Now, this is where I'm battling with myself because once you get to the pros, you're supposed to be a professional, and a professional takes care of his business, and a professional doesn't need a strict code to come in and try to be the best at what they are tasked to do. A professional takes it the onus on himself to do that. But then there's also times where you do need structure and some people need that guiding hand, that checklist, that thing that shows you at 805 you got to be here, at 815 you got to be here and if you're not, here are going to be some consequences. So I think it's a case by case basis and I think that's where coach Tomlin and the coaching staff and the Steelers organization has to again, like he says, you can't paint a broad brush because on the defensive side, it's a different because they're professionals. Mm-hmm. They've learned how to do it. They know how to take care of the bodies in season, off season, 
all of that stuff. What do I need to do every day? This is what I need to do and the steps I need to take to get myself to be able to perform for practice, but more importantly, to peak at game time. Some of these young guys, they're used to being told that. So you need to be able to encompass everybody in that on that staff and, and in that locker room. And, it, and I equate it to the difference between strength and conditioning and performance. Strength and conditioning is, all right, all offensive linemen, you do four sets of bench, three sets of incline, shoulder press, and you run 440s. DBs, so every position group has the same workout. Performance, which is now, is, okay, Doran, you, your gait is a little tight. We need you to do yoga and run uh, calisthenics, do 100-yard dashes instead of 40, but go 30%, 40%. So you tailor everything to that person, and I think that's what has to happen now. Finding out what each person in that locker room, what makes them tick, and tailoring that specific, I'd say, outcome, expected outcome, and say this is what how you need to do to get there. Is, is Mike Tomlin capable of doing that though? I mean, he's done thing a certain done things a certain way for 17 years, and you know, whenever you're engraved to doing things your way, and it was successful at one point, you kind of it, it's hard for you to get away from that, and rightfully so. It's like okay, I won this way. It's hard for me to get away from the way that I set a foundation uh, and, and move forward and move into a different direction. Like, is he at the point of his career? willing to change or is he expecting guys to just fall in line well you have your answer then if if he's not then everybody's what people are starting to talk about now is his message and and his style run its course and if he's not willing to evolve then absolutely it has then he's going to have to go somewhere else but that type of culture and that type of structure was really embedded when you had a different type of athlete coming in. Now guys, younger guys, are totally different on how they get motivated and what they need to be able to perform. It's not like back in the day where you could tell a guy, all right, Casey Hampton, put your, get in a three-point stand and run through the wall. Okay, coach. Mm -hmm. Now it's, well, coach, well, how's that going to help me? Tell me what the philosophy is this. How is this going to make me better? So it's a totally different, and that's why I say you have to evolve. That doesn't mean you have to change. His foundation of what he believes in that core can still stay the same, but the message and how you get there has to evolve with the type of athlete that is coming out today. And it's only going to get change even more with kids getting NIL all the way into high school. I was in West Virginia for a funeral, and they have unlimited transfer in high school. So then you add NIL with unlimited transfer. You go to college. So the, the type of player you're dealing with is not going to respond to the same type as, as – 10 years ago. Yeah. Maybe even five years ago. Yeah. So that's why he has to evolve. Join Doug. Join Doug at 93.7 The Fan at Ala Familia's Blue Pearl Cigar Lounge as we host a great night of cigars, fun, and football talk. It's Monday, January 29th from 6 to 8 p.m. You get dinner, a cigar, and drink with your specially priced ticket. Just $93.70 plus tax and gratuity. Only 25 tickets are available for this exclusive event, call the restaurant and join Doug in 93.7 The Fan at Ala Familia's Blue Pearl Cigar Lounge, 412-488-1440. Doug, I asked this question to Ray Fit earlier. Was this a successful season? No. Let's rewind to end of the season last year. It's a carbon copy. You ended up 
being able to run the ball well at the end of the season last year. You were running the ball well in, into this year. You thought the offensive line made a step last year. They made a step. There was still, hey, we think we have a quarterback, but we're not sure. Exact same thing that happened this year. The only thing difference is, and you said it off the air, they lucked into a playoff game from help from other people, but they still got raced in the game. Mm-hmm. So the question is, can you build on that running game? Is the offensive line going to take another step? And what's going to happen at quarterback? You still think you have a quarterback in Kenny Pickett, but you don't know. So the same questions that came into the last offseason are into this offseason. Now, the difference is you you feel like you have something in George Pickens, so you have a dynamic wide receiver that if he can continue on that track and you have an offensive coordinator that can get to him and be able to shepherd him to become a true professional, you might have one of the elite guys in the league. Um, running back, you have a nice tandem that you can can lean on. And then Broderick Jones and Sayomalo. So those guys, yeah, you're seeing some some bright spots, but those were the same bright spots you had last year, except right. minus George Pickett's. We didn't we didn't see what he had showed at the end of this year. So that's the only difference in it was the emergence of Pickens, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and they, they like you said, they lucked out. Uh, you know, this year, which they didn't luck out last year. I mean, you figure, and I was talking about you know Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt reflecting back on the season, and it it you you reflect back on every moment, and especially Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt with the injuries, but. It's hard to overlook those two games at home mm-hmm. and realize that you had it in your hands, and then you had to rely on another team to help you get into the playoffs. And that was the same situation last year. Yep. So when people are, are making the argument, "Yeah, it's a better year," like I just I can't I can't get there because last year they lost to the Patriots and they lost to the Jets, two teams they should have beaten. Mm-hmm. This year they lose to the Patriots and they lose to Arizona, two teams you should have beaten. Good football teams win those games. No doubt. They find a way to win. And actually, now that I think about it, it actually isn't a good season because you wasted another year of that defense, that high-paid defense. Those guys aren't getting any younger, and they're going to stay expensive and get more expensive. So you're you're treading your your wheels here. You haven't – where's the traction? Where have you moved from point A to point B? Right now you're still at point A with the same – questions and the same results that you had last year maybe a little better like you said but that was happenstance by someone else it wasn't you controlling your destiny so no it's it's not a good season it wasn't a positive or a successful one the fair morning show is brought to you by armstrong comfort with matt merch plumbing coming up we'll get into the quarterback situation dan orlovsky of espn um, he had something to say about what the Steelers should do in the offseason at the quarterback spot. And also, obviously, the big talking point that will uh, you know transpire throughout the next coming months, uh, who's the offensive coordinator going to be? What direction are they going to go? Could they stay in-house? Could they keep Eddie Faulkner? Could they keep Mike Sullivan? Um, will they hire a young up-and-comer? Do they have time to do that? There's so many questions uh, to get with Doug uh, about what the Steelers are um, – transpiring to do in those two areas because they, uh, they've left a lot of questions on the table and especially the offensive coordinator spot. So we'll get Doug's thoughts on that next Wednesdays with Whaley brought to you by all Familia's restaurants, blue pearl cigar lounge, a perfect way to cap off your evening at Ala Familia. Doug, um, there's a lot of offensive coordinator names out there and 
you know, there's obviously speculation that the Steelers might stay in house, and um, that would not be that would not benefit them. Obviously, I think they need to do their due diligence and do a whole legit process of the the top candidates out there. Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan, in my opinion, are going to get an interview just because you know what they did this year. I do believe that whenever it's all said and done, that Eddie Faulkner will be back as a running back coach. I think he deserves to be. I think he's a really good running back coach and uh, uh, will be a good offensive coordinator at some point in the NFL, but not right now. Um, Alex Van Pelt, former pit quarterback, guy that you know very well, just got uh, just got released from his duties uh, from the Cleveland Browns. Eric Bieniemy's name is out there. Uh, Clint Kubiak is out there. There's a you know a decent portion of 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 quality coordinators out there. What route do the Steelers need to go? What route could they go? What's going to benefit them the most out of uh, their offensive coordinator search, in your opinion? I think, uh, like you said, Faulkner and Sullivan should definitely get interviewed. The, the problem with them getting interviewed is if one of those gets hired, it's like same old, same old, copy right. and paste. And we've seen that that's not what they need. They need a fresh set. They need somebody to really have the background of being able to develop a quarterback if you invested a first round pick in Kenny Pickett why not invest in the coaching staff and have a plan around him to maximize his talents and be able to get him to a place where everybody's not saying I don't know they say I know I know he's this type of quarterback whatever type of quarterback that is because you don't want to be in an organization where you invested a first round pick in a quarterback and after three years saying, we don't know. So my focus, if I were the Steelers, were to have not only a quarterback coach, but a offensive coordinator. And you can even double it up or triple it up, have a run game offensive coordinator, pass game offensive coordinator, and a quarterback coach. And there's always that saying where you can strengthen yourself, but also weaken your opponents. Perfect example. Have... T. Martin, the quarterback coach at the Ravens, come in as the pass game coordinator. Have Alex come in as the run game coordinator and then get another guy to be the quarterback coach. So you have a lot of offensive minds. Mm -hmm. And T. and Alex have ties to the Steelers, which checks a box that we know the Steelers like to have. Right. Alex was drafted here. T. was drafted here. Both quarterbacks. You need somebody that has that intuition to say, this guy – here are all his capabilities. Let's maximize him, his capabilities, and put him in positions where he's going to strive to be the best. And that's where I think, like you said, they need to have a comprehensive search. Now, Faulkner and Sullivan are the best guys. Yeah, okay, have it. But you're going to have a lot of uh, out here in the in the Steeler Nation. A lot of exhales like, again? Really, again? Again, why not change it up? What do you have to lose? Listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's card of the week from Car Baseball Card Castle and Cranberry Contest run every Wednesday through Friday at 12 p.m. at the 937thefan.com contesting page. All right, Doug, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN said yesterday that if he was the Pittsburgh Steelers, he would reach out to three teams. When I say these three teams and I say the quarterbacks of these three teams, which one entices you the most to potentially be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year if the Steelers follow this route? Dan Orlovsky said first he would reach out to Chicago and Justin Fields. Second, he said he would reach out to 
Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield, and third, he said he'd reach out to Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. Which one of those quarterbacks, if the Steelers were going to bring in a veteran quarterback, which one of those entices you the most? For me, it would entice me the most, and it's just because of the makeup of the team, is Kirk Cousins, and here's why. He could immediately get you into that conversation of not backing into the playoffs, but seriously considered as maybe a divisional winner there because of his ability to throw the ball down the field and light up the scoreboard. But here's why I really like the Kirk Cousins thing. It gets you immediately in that conversation because now that that defense can perform the way they're built to perform mm-hmm. because you're going to be up in games because he can light up the scoreboard. And then that unlocks the fury that those guys are, are were signed to do. TJ, Ham, you know, Cam, Hayward, get the lead. And like we saw in those games in the, that last three games, mm-hmm. once you get the lead, then – that's when Everything, they're, yeah. that's when they're at their best. Mike Tomlin's at his best call in the game. Those guys are at their best. And then Minka could sit back and just patrol deep and just try to pick off get balls because they're trying to throw deep to get scores. So to me, that's why it's Kirk Cousins. Is that going to be the long-term answer? No, but if you want to capitalize on what you got, because these guys aren't getting younger, and we talked about the older you get, the more propensity you have for injuries, and you're seeing that with Cam. So let's take advantage of that defense right now, and that's why I go with Kirk Cousins. Fantastic. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. The 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. This final segment is brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at awaken180weightloss.com. Doug, we were talking off air, and you know, you asked me just a real blatant question, a real broad question that uh, you know I, I think is warranted right now. What, and I'm going to throw it back at you. What what's Kenny Pickett's ceiling? Like at the end of the day, from what we know, um, from his first year to this year, with obviously the injuries and the up and downs, what what is his ceiling? Yeah, that's something that. Uh... That's a great question, and right now it's a question mark. From what I think his ceiling can be, I think he can be a part of the solution. He can't be the solution right now from what I've seen. He's not one of those guys that's going to transcend bad offensive coordinating, bad offensive line, uh, drops. He's not going to be the guy that can throw three interceptions in a divisional game for the divisional title on the road and still come back and win like a Josh Allen. He hasn't proven that. But what I have seen is he can be a part of that solution. He can be that guy that stewards the team to a victory as long as he plays at his optimum level. He's not a guy that he hasn't shown that he can play suboptimally and still come out with a victory in the NFL. So he's the type of guy that is going to be able, like I said, you're going to need a team around them to be clicking on all cylinders, and he's a part of that solution, not the solution. And that kind of falls into your, hey, hire not just an offensive coordinator, but hire a pass game coordinator, hire a run game coordinator, hire a quarterback's coach, hire an assistant quarterback's coach. Give them all the resources, right? right? You've invested so much into them, a first-round pick, and guess what? The clock is ticking because after next year, you're going to have to really start thinking about are we going to pick up that fifth-year option? That fifth year option by that time is going to be a sizable, excuse me, sizable chunk, and then after that you got to decide: Are you going to sign him? 
So even, let's say this, worst case scenario, say he's a second-tier quarterback. He's not in that elite like the Mahomes, Josh Allen. By In two years from now, that's going to be close to $30 million a year. Mm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. So you might as well put all that infrastructure around him to maximize his talent because you're going to have to pay him. And you're gonna then guess what? When you're paying him thirty million, you're not gonna be able to pay Minka twenty two. You're not gonna be able to play TJ thirty plus. So that's where he's gonna have to start picking up the slack. And why not have a plan for him? Mm-hmm. And that's it, that's the question they should ask in the off season. What's your plan? Not for the quarterback position, but for Kenny Pickett, the guy you drafted first round twentieth pick, and is supposed to be your future. Give me your plan for him. That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Well, Doug, it's been fun. It's been yeah. fast. It's been fun. We'll see you next week. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy. 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, Silverado, SunChevy.com. Today, high of 21, low of 8 degrees, mostly clear. Tomorrow, high of 29, low of 19 with some overcast.